Hello, and welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hey guys, buddy C, we're talking today about the Tao chapter 11. I always say this is one of my, this is, this is one of my favorites. They all are becoming my favorites, but this one, I feel very inadequate for us to discuss because there is so much there that we're not even going to, going to comprehend a fraction of it. It is, it is just, it's just that much in this concept of learning to be empty and learning to live in the void, learning to allow instead of try. You know, that there's just so much there. And for me, it so relates to um, the idea of powerlessness that we learn in the program and how we have to learn to be powerless just as we have to learn to be empty. Um, and for me, and we've talked about this before, it took me six years to learn how to be powerless as it relates to alcohol because I kept trying myself asking God to help me and all this stuff, you know, and I could not figure out why God was not helping me quit drinking because I had all the right motives. I was as sincere as anyone could be, but it just was not working. And I could not figure out why. And, and what we're talking about today is why, because I was not being empty. I was still asking God to help me instead of me letting go and letting God do it and making that transition from asking for help to letting go and letting God is for me is the magic of recovery because until I did that and learned how to, and for me, it came by me just giving up totally and saying, okay, God, either you do this or you don't. If you don't, I'm probably going to kill myself because I cannot do this any longer. And the moment I did that, it started working. So getting to that point of learning how to be empty is, is huge. It's huge. And that's exactly what this is about today. Uh, so if you, if you guys would like, we'll go ahead and I'll share my screen and we'll start reading. Did anyone get a chance to read this beforehand? Good. Did you, Craig? You usually do. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I've not, I've, I've not went in as in depth as I normally do. Um, but okay. I, read, I read the. We can take our time on this one, even if it takes a couple of weeks. It doesn't matter. We're not in a race, so yeah. let's just get everything we can out of this. Because, I mean, when I sat down with a sponsee and did this one, we ended up with things like I know you can't read my scribble, but these are all the ways, all the characteristics of a cup. I mean, all the different things, I mean, things like that that just started opening up for us, you know, that uh, was just really, really good uh, about being empty. And we'll talk about all those things today. And if we don't get done with it, we'll just, we'll move on to next week and do it and finish it. So it's no big deal. So we'll get started with the reading. Of course, y'all know to interrupt me whenever, whenever you would like. Hold on. Let me, uh, let me find it. Give me a second, guys. Oh, there it is. All right. There we are. 
Okay. Not one. Here we go. Thirty spokes share the wheel's hub. It is the center hole that makes it useful. Shape clay into a vessel. It is the space within that makes it useful. Cut doors and windows for a room. It is the holes which make it useful. Therefore, benefit comes from what is there, usefulness from what is not there. Yeah, tell me about it. We're going we're gonna to break this down. Uh, we join spokes together in a wheel, but it is the center hole that makes the wagon move. We shape clay into a pot, but it is the emptiness inside that holds whatever we want. We hammer wood for a house, but it is the inner space that makes it livable. We work with being, but non-being is what we use. Thirty spokes are joined together in a wheel, but it is the center hole that allows the wheel to function. We mold clay into a pot, but it is the emptiness inside that makes the vessel useful. We fashion wood for a house, but it's the emptiness inside that makes it livable. We work with the substantial, but the emptiness is what we use. We use the emptiness. A wheel has spokes, but it rotates around a hollow center. A pot is made of clay or glass, but you keep things in the space inside. A house is made of wood or brick, but you live between the walls. We work with something, but we use nothing. Okay, let me unshare. Uh, you know, this, uh, hold on. Any thoughts at this point? Any comments? Um, some, some of that relates to what's, it's what's on the inside that counts. Yeah. Not, not, the, not, not the outside, not the outside appearances. And, and not... And learning that um, it's there's some when we learn to let go, when we learn to be empty, when we learn to and Wayne Dyer talks about this, and we'll look at this in a minute. When we learn to allow instead of try, mm -hmm. then there's something that happens. You know, there's some change. There's some. You know, we, we tap this energy that we don't have before. I mean, everyone here is in recovery. If you've experienced, you know, a higher power helping you with your alcohol or your drug addiction, you know what I'm talking about. There's something that just happens that's not you. And it, it is more than willpower. It's more than something that we're creating on our own. And I think that's, that's the emptiness, you know. And it takes work to be empty, you know, because we, um, we all have this void. You could take, and of course, Wayne Dyer talks about this too, you could take all the parts of your body and lay them out on the ground and it would not be you, you know. It's only you when it's, you know, when you're together as yourself and there's a, there's something inside that we can't put our finger on. That's the real you. 
the, the, the sum of the parts don't make the whole. In other words, when you're talking about a person, you know, there's a void there. There's a, there's a spiritual energy there that, uh, uh, that, that's separate from that, you know, that's, and that's what, uh, that's what we're, uh, that's what this is talking about. I think, uh, it's the non-being, you know, we use the non-being and, um, learning how to, to be empty and respond to that is I think what this is about. And I have, I have several notes from some commentaries to talk about this. And then I want to talk about, once we talk about the commentaries, then I want to talk about the, uh, uh, the qualities of a cup and then to give us some ideas about emptiness. Uh, okay. This is Derek Lynn. Uh, we tend to associate substance with usefulness and dismiss the lack of substance as useless. Lao Tzu goes against this thinking and points out the very opposite. The hole in the hub of the wheel allows the axle to go through. Therefore, it is the emptiness there, not the substance, that gives the wheel its crucial functionality as part of the carriage. There is more to emptiness than meets the eye. The same is true for containers. While we cannot dispute that the substance of the container is necessary, we also must admit that it is the empty space in the container that allows it to contain. Without that emptiness, the container would not be functional at all. Right. We can think of rooms as containers of people. As such, they also require both substance and emptiness in order to function. The walls of a room must accommodate emptiness, and we need at least one opening in one wall to access the room. We simply cannot do without emptiness. We can also think of the Tao as the ultimate container because everything is embedded in the Tao. It then follows automatically that it is the emptiness of the Tao that gives it power and functionality. How can it be that everything comes from the Tao? The emptiness makes it so. Hmm. We simply cannot do without emptiness. It's funny, you know, we're told continually to let go, but we're not told to be filled. <laughs> You know, it just it just happens when we learn to let go. We are, <laughs> you know, it happens for us. Our job is not, I don't think, in this regard, to get filled. Our job is to be empty so we can be filled, to allow that to happen. But it can't happen until we're empty. Um, pretty heavy, huh? I need to let Callum watch this so he can so he can talk about it in his toy room. <laughs> that's just that's just full of nonsense. <laughs> and you will say, but Dan, I'm just going to fill it up again because you've got to keep buying me things. Yeah. Now, how does powerless, does that not, for me, that talks a lot about being, that relates to being powerless for me in the first step where it talks about we admitted we we're powerless over alcohol. Mm -hmm. That powerlessness to me is emptiness. Mm-hmm. In that, 
until I let go and admitted my powerlessness, then I could not allow, I, I got any, I got no help with alcohol until I learned how to be powerless. So I think that's the same thing with this is learning to be empty. Yeah. Cause I, I, from what I'm seeing, I don't have to worry about being filled. I just have to be concerned with getting empty <laughs> and the filling just happens. Um, but that, I think that's why it doesn't matter if you noticed in AA and this is what really at first really bothered me about AA was it did not matter what you believed in. All it mattered was that you quit believing it was you that was doing this. So, you know, people could believe in anything they wanted to believe in. It worked for them. And I saw, I said, there's no way. How could God be doing this for them when they're not checking off the proper boxes in what they believe and they're not doing it the right way, you know? And, and so it was real difficult for me coming from a very fundamental Christian background to go into AA and see God helping people who couldn't check off the boxes that I thought were essential for God to do anything for you. You know, that, that was very, that shift was huge. I had to unbelieve more than believe when I came into AA. I mean, it was so much I had to stop believing, you know, and had to change. It wasn't that I had to add a bunch of new beliefs. I just had to quit believing all this, you know, I, I had to op be open-minded in other words. And um, that, that for me is, a, you know, and it, and it didn't matter what they believed as long as there was a God and it wasn't them. In other words, if they learned how to be empty, the rest took care of itself. And for me in anything, that seems to be the route that, that as soon as I'm empty and I've made room, my higher power take, takes care of it from there. All I have to do is learn how to get out of the way. And the rest of it just falls in place. So, you know, that's why I think with all of this that we're learning with the Tao, it's about unlearning, not learning. You know, all the things we, we hear, you know, it's not, you know, if you, if you want knowledge, you learn. If you want wisdom, you unlearn. All these things about it getting simpler and simpler and simpler because it's all about learning how to be empty of ego, of pride, of uh, want of all those things that we fill our life with that, that this says the sage does not do because that's the sage being empty. So um, any comments? Doesn't, it doesn't mean that you let go of everything and, and hope that the universe will work for you. You, ha you still have to work though, right? Yeah. See, this is the thing. It, I, I'm, the way I'm seeing it, Mara, is when I first looked at, let's say, Wu Wei, effortless effort, okay? When you when people first look at that, they think, well, I've got to do something. What? I can't just sit around and, you know, and just wait on it to happen. But what I think it is more is um, learning how to live by our 
Tao nature, so to speak, our spiritual nature, like an animal, a bird, if it lives according to a bird's nature, things come natural for it. It's going to know what to do, when, all those things. It's it's more of this effortless effort. If the bird tries to be a squirrel, there's a problem. <laughs> that won't work, okay? I think that's the same with us. I think there's a Tao nature. There's a nature within us just like every being in the world. And, w- and when we learn to be live within that nature, then it just flows. And it's effortless when we're living according to that Tao nature. And part of that nature is letting go of selfishness and ego and pride and, and you know, and these others that we read uh, where the sage um, helps others so that all the sages' needs are met. You know, the sage, you know, uh, let does their work and then lets go. You know, all those things that we're seeing – which are all the uh, characteristics of kindness and, and, and helping others and, and putting others first and all those things that we see are part of that nature. So I think this is more about learning to live according to that nature rather than um, sitting around doing nothing because it's not about sitting around doing nothing. How does that apply to me in everyday life? For me, that applies to me starting my day with a time of submission, a time of letting go, a time of asking my higher power uh, for, you know, to show me guidance for today. I offer the moment of, and I try to offer more moments and respond in the moment in the way I should. No matter if I'm working or, or whatever it is that I'm doing, I try to have this intention of service in it rather than, this intention of what you can do for me. It's what I can do for you rather than what you can do for me. And I think that is that Tao nature that we're talking about. It's the nature of the universe. Think about nature itself. It's always giving, always, always providing, always giving. Now, maybe not the way we think it should be giving, but it, it's always giving. And that's that's part of this whole thing is is looking at, examples of nature as to be an example of how an example for us so uh it's like a pool of water nature provides the water and is indiscriminate as to who drinks it you know every animal can come and drink even the ones that are going to kill another animal there there's it's all giving you know without judgment you know that kind of thing you know learning to to live in that you know and, and a big part of that is letting go of our desires, our, um, our ego, our selfishness and self-centeredness, and all those things, so that we can be concerned about another person rather than ourselves. So I think that is the effortless effort. It's still effort. It's just effortless effort. It didn't say effortless. <laughs> it's an effortless effort. <laughs> You know, so it, I think that's what it is more than uh, more than, you know, me sitting around saying, well, now I don't have to do nothing. I'm just waiting. You know, that's not that's not according to that's still not according to your down nature because you're, you're not self-giving. You're not you're not helping. You're not serving. You're not, you know, 
uh, that's still selfishness, just another form of it. So um, that's kind of how I, I look at this. But the so, emptiness is effort. My question at this moment is, I think I understand all the true nature. Yeah. We are born with certain traits like being kind and and hopefully giving towards others but my my thing is i was born an addict so my true nature is to want to be high all the time okay so there's some effort in there that has to happen in order for me to overcome that nature yes there's 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 a there's effort there's always effort but it can be an effortless effort. And the, the way we see this, if you, if you wanted an example out of the big book for this, you could look at page 85 where it talks about that we quit fighting anything, or at the bottom 84 and 85, where it talks about we quit fighting anything and anyone, even alcohol. And then it goes in to talk about we've been placed in a position of neutrality and that it just comes that, you know, all those things about the ease that comes. And I think that ease is learning to live in our vow nature, in our higher power, this nature that's within us. And the, and the beginning of that is learning how to be empty. And that is why step one is, is that we admit our powerlessness. So that, that's um, letting go of our selfishness uh, is for me, my, my addiction comes out of either my selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear, all those things, you know. And that's 84, 85, talking about what to do when things, you know, like we were talking about earlier and we've talked about other times, you know, what to do when things, uh, uh, when you see those things pop up, you know, you ask God to remove it, you tell somebody about it, you're making amends, then you turn your thoughts to somebody you can help. And then it says love and tolerance is our code. We quit fighting anything and anyone. So that quit fighting is the effortless effort, in my in my opinion. So then we start seeing the fruit of that, and uh, uh, that fruit is is um, is living according to this nature that makes even though we're there's effort. I mean, we've all done things that were work, but it didn't really seem like work. You know, like we were we worked hard at something, but we enjoyed it. You know, and I think that's part of that, you know, and I think we can live in that all the time. I'm learning to live in it a lot more and it's not, you know, 24 hours a day, but some days I stay in that a lot, you know, and I'm like, wow, this is just an ease. You know, I've got a, I've got a new business I'm starting and I'm trying to do it in a way of effortlessness, effortless effort. And I, you know, a guy contacted me about something. I contacted him, and he's got all this other contacts I need, and it's just, it, that part of it just fell into place. And I'm like, yeah, that's the way it's supposed to be. You know, I can sit here and push, 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 and strive, 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 you know, and I'm learning how to let go, really learning how to let go. It all goes back to that. So, um that, that's where I see the effortless effort, Marla. Uh, and this emptiness is a big part of that for me. Um, anything else, guys? I think I have a, 
a really hard time with the um, the switch from like self reliance to kind of reliance on a higher power. You know, it's hard for me to kind of let go of that control. You know, but it seems like it's kind of an essential part of this. Oh, it is process. You know, it is. But it's hard for me to, you know, just ex. I don't know if it's. It's just a really hard thing for. I struggle with that. I do too, Kate. I do too. And let's read something. Uh, This is page. Uh. Uh. This is sixty-three. Uh. Uh. Let's see if it was 62 looks. Uh, okay, yeah, here it is. I want to share something. Let's read this. Um, this is, uh, where am I? Y'all seeing my big book? Yep. Okay. Because yeah. it's not it's not looking like I am. Okay. Uh, this is the how and the why, but this is page 62. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Next, we decided that hereafter in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. He is the principal. We are his agents. He's the father. We're his children. Most good ideas are simple. And this concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant arch through which we passed to freedom. That's the bottom of 62. When we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. In other words, when we became empty, right? We had a new employer. Being all-powerful, he provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. Marla, that's the effortless effort right there. You know, established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves our little plans and designs, more and more we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. As we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully, and we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the thereafter, or the hereafter. We were reborn. We're now at step three. And this is the step three prayer. And a lot of people pray this every morning. Many of us, I use the Lord's Prayer myself. Many of us said to our maker as we understood him, God, I offer offer myself to thee to build with me and do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties. That victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. We thought it well before taking this step, making sure we were ready, that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to God or to him. But, yeah, abandon ourselves utterly. That's that's letting go. That's being empty. You know, this is the thing. You know, very little of that is talking about what God is going to do for me, bless me, do for me, help me with this, help me with that, you know, make my life better. And the majority of that is about 
just whatever you have for me, I'm open to. Whatever your will is, I'm open to. The majority of that prayer, that's what it's saying. I prefer only to pray, like step 11 says, I prefer to only pray for the will of God and the power to carry that out and not pray that other stuff, you know. But that's that's where I'd like to leave it myself. And with that, see, you're you're letting go. You're being empty. And you're leaving the rest up to your higher power. So that's how I approach that, Kate. Mm-hmm. Is that helpful? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, and my problem is, too, with that, uh, let me stop to share. My problem, too, with that is um, I found that the way to start to make that happen, that switch, is what was said perfectly for me in the Beatitude where it says, that when I find myself, when I'm full of care, like full of care for someone, I find myself cared for. So when I when I get out of myself and I start doing for someone else, it's like I leave room for God to come in when I do that. If I'm full of me, there's nothing, you know, there's no emptiness, you know. And I make room for something, for some emptiness, when, when I put someone else before me, when I'm concerned about you instead of being concerned about me, that leaves room for God to come in and do something for me. That's, that's how I see making this transition from being full to being empty. Um, so, and I think that's why when we look at page 84 and it talks about what to do when we have our resentment, fear, dishonesty, uh, and fear, that we, you know, ask God to do those things. And the last thing we do is we turn our thoughts to somebody we can help. None of that was about, you know, God bless me. You know, God do great things for me. You know, I wasn't telling God how to do anything. I was asking God to remove this. I told somebody about it. I made it a man. Nothing in that is telling God how to do it. All of that's letting go. So, you know, it's all about being empty. And then the last thing you do is turn your thoughts to somebody else. So it's always, for me, it's always about, you know, me leaving the results. We always hear this all the time about leaving the results up to God. Don't worry about it. Just do the next right thing and leave the results up to God. So my ideas with this are to, to learn to be empty and just leave the rest to God. And do the next right thing I see in front of me. I always see something in front of me to do. And it's not like I don't have anything to do. And uh, and I try to just do that and just keep moving forward, you know. And uh, try to keep it one step at a time rather than getting caught into the whole, you know, whole future thing, you know. But that's, uh, you know, that that's the way that I'm interpreting this. So th- does that help? Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else, guys? If uh, if not, we'll we'll do the Wayne Dyer uh, commentary on this. His, his is pretty good on this too. Um, oh, good, good, good. Yeah, we'll read his. Uh, I don't know where he got his translation. What, what translation he's using of the Dao, but he Dao Te Ching. But he's got. We'll read his translation of this. It says he's reviewed over a hundred. I know, I know. 
I don't know which particular one he used Hundreds for, of in his book. The, I think he says somewhere, but I don't recall. Maybe he just combined them together. Uh, 30 spokes converge upon a single hub. It is on the hole in the center that the use of the cart hinges. Shaped clay into a vessel, it's the space within that makes it useful. Car fine doors and windows, but the room is useful in its emptiness. The usefulness of what is depends on what is not. <laughs> I like that. I like that. The usefulness of what is depends on what is not. Wow. Explain. Explain. <laughs> well, it's not about how this relates to recovery. Okay. It's not about how when we share with another addict, alcoholic, we're taught not to share from our knowledge or give advice, but share our experience, strength, and hope. The difference is if I'm telling you how to do something, then I'm giving you advice from my knowledge, from my fullness so to speak. If I share with you from my experience, strength, and hope, how God did it for me, then I'm sharing from my emptiness. I'm sharing from what is not. So I think that, that that's a um, an example of that for me. Because well, what I do a lot, and I do this all the time, is uh, before I share, most of the time in meetings and a lot of times when we're doing things like this, I'll say, God, you know, help me to share something, you know, that I'm a channel, not from my knowledge, because I have some knowledge, but my knowledge isn't going to be helpful to someone. What's going to be helpful is if I'm a channel. And, and if I'm sharing from my experience, strength, and hope, I'm sharing what God did for me, not what I did. So... I have a better chance of being the channel instead. So does that, I think that's what is not. That makes a lot of sense. That That's how I interpret it. But uh, there's so much here, so much here. Uh, anything else before we read the commentary? I just want to read the whole thing. It's not but a, few, a couple of pages. So oh, he's got a lot of good stuff in here. In this thought-provoking 11th verse of the Tao Te Ching, Lao Tzu cites the value of an emptiness that often goes unnoticed. He explains this idea with images of the hole in the center of the hub, the space within a clay vessel, and the interior area of a room, including that the usefulness of what is depends on what is not. In other words, separated parts lack the usefulness that the center contributes. This passage invites us to live with the invisible void that's at the core of our being, that is, to change how we think about it. Consider the paradoxical term non-being as you ponder your own beingness. You're comprised of bones, organs, and rivers of fluids that are encapsulated in a huge sheet of skin molded to hold you together. There's definitely a distinctive quality of beingness that is you in this arrangement of bodily parts, yet if it were possible to disassemble you and lay you disassemble you and lay all of your 
still functioning physical components on a blanket, there would be no use. Although all the parts would be there, their usefulness depends on a non-being, or as Lao Tzu's words, what is not. Another example of what is not. Your soul. Image lining, uh, imagine lining up the walls of a room you're presently, the, the room you're presently in with all the elements present. Without the space of the center, it's no longer a room, even though everything else is the same. A clay pot is not a pot without the emptiness that the clay encapsulates. A house is not a house if there is no inner space for the exterior to enclose. A composer once told me that silence from which each note emerges is more important than the note itself. He said that it's the empty space between the notes that literally allows the music to be music. If there's no void, there's only continuous sound. You can apply the subtle awareness to everything that you experience in your daily life. Ask yourself, what makes a tree a tree? The bark, the branches, the roots, the leaves, all of these things are what is, and all of them do not constitute a tree. What's needed to have a tree is what is not, an imperceptible, invisible life force that eludes your five senses. You can cut and carve and search the cells of a tree endlessly, and you'll never capture it. In the first line of this verse, that hole in the center that's necessary for the movement of the wheel can be likened to the void that's vital for you to move through uh, through in your life. You, you have an inner state of non-being as your center, so take note of what is visible, your body, as well as the invisible essence that your existence depends on, the Tao part of you. The following, uh, I want to stop there with this because we're, we're going through a lot today. We can take that up, but there's one thing that I do want to talk about before we go. I want to talk a few minutes about, uh, let, me, let me unshare. I want to talk for a minute about the uh, tree's not made of wood. It is wood. Yeah. Thanks, Craig. Uh, I want to talk about the uh, characteristics of a cup for a minute. And I want you guys, if you would, to kind of meditate on this a little bit during this week. And I want to finish dire from here and the characteristics of a cup. I want to talk about a few of these and get you thinking about a cup. And uh, in, in regards to emptiness, think of the clay pot that we were talking about where it says that uh, uh, we mold the clay into a pot, but it's the emptiness inside that makes the vessel useful. A cup does not decide what is put into it. You have different cups that have different purposes. The more empty, for most cups, the more empty the cup is, the more useful it is. If a cup's full, it's not very useful. If it's dirty, it's less useful, less things you could use it for if it's a nasty cup without cleaning it. Uh, does a cup protect what's inside, or does it just hold it? Doesn't what's the it job of the cup? You know, yeah, all those things. Yeah, it could be Marlon, it could not. You know, uh, the cup has no say 
as to what is written on it, how it's used, who uses it, when it is used, where it goes, and who forgets about it. (laughs) Think about that. A cup has no say, period. (laughs) Think about a cup on your shelf. I've got tons of these, okay? Tons of these, you know. But I want want to stop there with this, and I want you to be thinking about a cup. Think about a cup on your shelf, and think if, if you're like that cup, okay? And think about that cup being empty and the, the usefulness of the cup. And the, the cup is just a cup, like we're a channel, you know? Um, a cup has very little to say as to what goes on with the cup. You know, and, and some things like if, if a cup starts influencing what's in it, like I had a friend that had a pottery cup, and she started getting sick. And what was happening was she was heating up her water for her tea in her cup. And the cup was, some of the stuff in the cup was oozing into the water and making her sick. So a cup that starts influencing what's in it, it's throw away. It's not useful anymore. I mean, there's so many things that relate to us about learning to, to let go, really. It's all about letting go. And I want to think about that a little bit. And if y'all can think about that. So I, I know I see wheels turning. <laughs> and maybe we'll compile our own list next week, you know, of all the different ways that a cup, you know, uh, all the characteristics of a cup and how that relates to us learning to let go and let God. If we're a let go and let God cup, <laughs> how much – of what's going on are we really involved in? You know, we, we think all this is our responsibility, but if we're a let go and let God cup, let's say, I think our job is to be empty and clean and just be ready. And anything more than that is not our job. So, and, and thinking about, the characteristics of a cup can help us to see, you know, what our part is, you know, rather than, you know, we think it's all these other things, but it's really just, you know, and it makes it so simple when you think about it. But, uh, you okay, Kate? You like you're about to explode. No, I'm good. <laughs> I breathe like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I told y'all this had a lot in it. Yeah. It's the emptiness that makes it useful. See, we're taught it's about all the stuff that we learn and do and be, be, be. But I think it's learning to let go and be available and leave the rest up to our higher power that really makes us, you know, adding to life, you know, being available. Because, you know, if we're full of ourselves, we're not available. I mean, I remember I used to have to make every conversation about me. And as I got into recovery, I learned, you know, let me try for this one time for this conversation, not turn this conversation around 
to where it's all about me. Be empty in this conversation, in other words. Let's talk about them for a change instead of talking about me. See, that's, for me, that's how I'm learning to be empty. And uh, learning how to think about someone else other than myself. Learning how to, you know, ask my wife when she gets in the car what she wants to listen to instead of just turning the radio on what I want to listen to. No, driver's rule. The driver should... (laughs) The driver should, uh, no, no, my wife rules. <laughs> <laughs> Whether she's driving or not, not is irrelevant, it, you know. And uh, uh, so, you know, I learned to do that. That's the kind of things that I think this teaches us, Marla, is that's the emptiness. Um, so I, I don't want to – we, we've talked about a lot today. I don't want to yeah. keep going on and on, so – any, any comments before we close? If y'all if y'all have some time this week and you want to meditate on it, maybe jot down some characteristics of a cup and see how any things that come to you about that, that, that really, you know, uh, I'd love for us to talk about that next week. So I've had two sponsees that I've gone through this with, and both of them got a whole lot out of it. Um, and, um, of course I got a lot out of it too. And, uh, I got one guy, you know, that we do the, we do a dial every week. And I got another guy, my friend from Michigan, my sponsee from Michigan. He, uh, uh, we don't do the dial every week, but we, we talk about this when something good comes up like this. And, uh, so, uh, we sat down and went through this too. And, uh, it's just, it's just good stuff. It's because, good stuff. Uh, it just is <laughs> learning to be empty. It's huge. So, any comments before we go? Everyone good? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Y'all been quiet today. (laughs) (laughs) uh, All right, guys. Well, we'll take it up from here next week then. Y'all have a great week. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, buddy. Message me. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.